feisty, fearless, and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. Latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And tonight on the Rita Cosby Show, shelling is continuing in and around the capital city of Kiev in Ukraine. As word is that Russia is soon going to be drawing on reinforcements from the country of Georgia because they have had quite a bit of losses against the Ukrainian military. Also, it looks like The Russians are getting more and more brutal in their attempts to try to break the spirit and the will and the military of Ukraine. In Mariupol, that is, of course, the city that has gotten such a beating and a relentless pounding of Russian strikes. The mayor there is now saying in the last few minutes that humanitarian corridors are under Russian control. In other words, nobody can get in and out of the city. If people are trying to escape for humanitarian reasons or trying to get food into them for humanitarian reasons, because remember, food's been cut off, electricity, water has been cut off, and the Russians are trying to cut Mariupol off from society, basically making sure that they get nothing. So what are your thoughts about where this is headed? Because President Zelensky of Ukraine in the last 24 hours has been pleading with NATO, get us the MiGs, help us close our skies, help us right now, because this could be a turning point. 1-800-848-9222, 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. Also, by the way, Russian occupiers now are going back to their ruthless attempts at kidnapping Ukrainian officials. Remember, they had kidnapped a couple mayors early on. They returned some of them in prisoner exchanges. And now they have a kidnapped in Melitopol, where they originally had kidnapped the mayor and then returned him for a number of Russian soldiers that were actually kidnapped. Now, apparently, they have abducted the head of the education department. It's like they're trying to get anybody who's like, quote, an official. It's like the head of education is some threat to the Russian military. But it just shows that they are just trying to get anybody they can to take them as hostages to be able to use them as leverage against the Ukrainian people. And also still no word on what the fate is of those 400,000 people that have apparently been taken to, quote, relocate back to Russia. What are they doing with those people? And it includes, again, 82,000 children. That, to me, is so gut-wrenching and so scary, the thought that suddenly 400,000 people have been taken out of Ukraine, taken to Russia, not at their request, and are, quote, ordered to relocate. Are they in camps? What are they doing with them? Are they planning on using them for a mass hostage situation to use as some bargaining chip, including 82,000 children? And based on everything that we have heard over the weekend, this is so heartbreaking, that theater, remember, which was in Mariupol, which again was marked children on both sides, 
and we know the Russians hit that target, 300 people, they believe, were at least in that theater that had perished as a result of that strike. They said up to about 1,000 were in at the time. Some got out. But they believe that at least 300 women and children mostly were killed in that theater, that missile strike attack by the Russians. And their tactics are getting more and more ruthless. Meantime, our president, boy, he just misspeaks left and right. And I think it is downright dangerous. Tonight, I want to get your thoughts because we're going to talk about the gaffes heard around the world. And also later on in the next hour, we're going to talk about the slap heard around the world because we're going to talk about Will Smith and Chris Rock. I was watching the Oscars, and, and that was wild. Everybody's talking about that tonight. Will Smith issuing an apology a little bit ago. A lot of people think it's a little too late. I want to hear your thoughts on that. And are there double standards for celebrities versus non-celebrities when it comes to assault? And kids watching the Oscars, too. A lot of people watch the Oscars. Look up to these people. So I want to hear your thoughts on that. And also, what do you make of President Biden and what I think are dangerous gaffes? You know, people sometimes misspeak. They say something. Everybody, when they're ad-libbing left and right, this president should not go anywhere off a teleprompter. He should literally say every word that is clearly written for him because when he goes off prompter, It is almost a national security risk. And to me, it is stunning. And it is really dangerous. Some of the comments that we have heard from this president in the last few days, they are literally basically, you know, provoking war. And I can't wait to talk, by the way, in about half hour or so, a little less than that, we're going to be talking to General Keith Kellogg, Fox News contributor, also national security advisor to then Vice President Pence and then President Trump to get his take on all of this and how risky some of President Biden's verbiage is to national security. I think it's time that we got to have somebody else do these speeches. I mean, it is really dangerous that the president of the United States, when he speaks, says something that could almost spark World War III. I mean, at first it was like, oh, gosh, he's not really doesn't have all his faculties about him. He's maybe not as sharp as the next guy. He's not as sharp as he used to be, for sure. But now it is getting downright dangerous. Do you agree that he is basically on the verge of being a national security risk? I think some of his comments are so out of line and so dangerous at a time where you're dealing with a massive ego like Vladimir Putin that it opens the door to major, major problems. And the White House is like clean up on aisle seven. They're like mopping up left and right. They're more they're cleaning up more than a cleaning service. I mean, these guys, every time he opens his mouth and he goes off script. It's like, mop up that one. Then he goes off script again. Mop up on aisle seven. Mop up on aisle eight. He's got the whole supermarket mopped up by now. I cannot believe it. And I never thought I would say that Kamala Harris's trip in Europe actually turned out to be a more successful one. Remember when she was cackling left and right and all that stuff? I actually thought that was really bad. But now she's making him, you know, she's looking like a genius after him. He is really scary. And I want to hear your thoughts tonight as to if you are as concerned as I am, because, boy, I am really concerned. His rhetoric is over the top. It has opened the door to so many problems. And the fact that he doesn't even admit 
that he made mistakes. He is not conscious of what he is saying. And when you are dealing with a situation where we're on the cusp of World War III, you're talking about chemical weapons, you're talking about biological weapons, you're talking about nuclear weapons, and you've got a guy who doesn't really understand what he's saying, who basically just speaks extemporaneously. This is the same guy who said, oh, if it's a minor incursion, maybe Russia might not get punished. And guess what? That basically gave the green light to this crisis. And now he's making the statements about, oh, about, you know, chemical weapons. Maybe we'll respond in kind. Then he goes to the 82nd Airborne. When you get there, no problem. When you get to Ukraine, they're like, wah, 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 wah. You're sending ground troops into Ukraine? Oh, no, I never said that. We heard it, Mr. President. It's all on tape. We heard it. And then he goes to my beloved Warsaw, Poland, where my father, as you guys know, was a Warsaw Uprising. I love Warsaw. It's one of the most fabulous, patriotic, greatest cities in the world. He goes to Warsaw, Poland, and I couldn't believe that he made this statement. And I want to get your reaction because this is downright serious. Take a listen. A dictator bent on rebuilding an empire will never erase a people's love for liberty. Brutality will never grind down their will to be free. Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia, for free people refuse to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principle, hope and light, of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. Well, wait, so this guy cannot remain in power. You heard it right there, and he's making it sound like we didn't hear it. So how nervous are you that our president of the United States cannot be trusted with a simple verbiage? To me, it is shocking, and I think it is downright serious. It's at the point where it's not funny anymore. Like, at first it was like, okay, he's kind of gaff-prone, it's kind of silly, he's kind of goofy Joe— Now, when you're dealing with such serious, tumultuous issues, it's not funny anymore. It is downright scary. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. What do you think of his comments and how dangerous are Joe Biden's comments at a time when you have to deal with basically nuances? You're dealing with somebody with a massive ego and you're dealing with somebody who is committing horrible atrocities, but who is also somebody with a nuclear weapon. The stakes could not be higher, and he can't even remember what he said. It's like, oh, I didn't say that. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, right afterwards, Tony Blinken, the Secretary of State, certainly had to clean up everything. Take a listen, because right afterwards, he's like, oh, no, 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 we're not doing a policy change. We're not trying to do regime change. We're not trying to kick out Putin, because guess what? Putin's people right away... We're saying, oh, look, see, look what he said. He's trying to kick us out. They're running that that clip over and over and over again on Russian television tonight saying the Americans are trying to kick out your dutifully elected, well, even though it wasn't, but your dutifully elected president in Moscow. Take a look. But anyway, here is Tony Blinken, the secretary of state, within hours going, oh, 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 oh I got to clean this comment from my own president. I think president, the White House, uh, made the point last night that, quite simply, uh, President Putin cannot be empowered 
to wage war uh, or engage in aggression uh, against Ukraine uh, or anyone else. As you know, and as you've heard us say repeatedly, we do not have a strategy of regime change in Russia or anywhere else for that matter. So I don't know why my boss, the commander in chief, actually made those comments. What an idiot. I cannot believe it. I'm embarrassed and I'm also really nervous. 1 800 848 Let's go to Steve on line four. Steve, your thoughts about President Joe Biden and I think his very dangerous gaffes. Well, Rita, he's an imbecile. And uh, Putin knows it, so he's a laughing stock. We're a laughing stock that we have clowns like this in the White House. And uh, then we have Nancy Pelosi in power, who's just complete crackpot as he is. And the uh, Democrats just, you know, prop him up, keep him in office and have all these knuckleheads in the background running the White House. And he's a danger to us and to himself. And he did nothing in the Senate for 48 years. He was useless then. And now he's just an embarrassment and a dangerous embarrassment. Yeah. And, you know, you hit Steve, you hit it on the head that last part, especially the dangerous, because, you know, at first it was like, oh, that's just uh, silly old Joe who doesn't realize he's even president. And now we have somebody who is really making the kind of statements that are so dangerous. The fact that he said, hey, if it's a minor incursion, we probably won't do anything like basically giving the green light to Putin. Then he gives the comment about the, you know, the, you know, chemical weapons that will respond in kind. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not going to do chemical weapons, Mr. President. Oh, OK. And then, you know, then he does. Oh, when you go into Ukraine and the 82nd Airborne's like, what are we being told we're launching tomorrow night at 0600? You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, this is a really, really tenuous situation. And now you have him saying, you know, uh, regime change. I mean, what message, Steve, do you think that sends to Vladimir Putin? It gives him the propaganda gift that he has been waiting for, Steve. Without a question. And Rita, uh, Putin is no dummy. And I don't think he's crazy by any means. He wants to be go down in history as the next czar. He wants to be the unmitten one, you know, the all-powerful, you know, traditional 17th century czar of Russia. He knows exactly what he's doing. Oh, no, he's he's crazy like a fox. Crazy like a fox. I use that phrase. He's a very shrewd individual. He's been in power the longest of anyone, longer than Stalin, I believe. And he has control of the country. And we're dealing with a person that's simply outgaming our leadership. Wow. And, the, uh, and this young crowd of yuppies that are working in the White House are completely out of their game. Yeah. And right. and sadly, guess what? That that puts all of us in such jeopardy. Steve, thank you very much for the call. Great points. And I totally agree with you. They are being out leagued in so many levels. And guess what? I mean, I laughed sadly. Here is Joe Biden saying America's back. I'm like, are you kidding me? I wish that were true. I wish we could say America is still on top. But, boy, I think they're looking and going, God, is America weak? And, boy, is this president weak. And that saddens me because we are still the best country in the world. But it starts at the top. And if the message from the top is all over the place and if the message is fumbly and bumbly, guess what? 
that's how they perceive the country. And that saddens me. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. We are talking about President Biden's gaffes that I think are downright dangerous. When you're dealing with Putin and chemical, biological, nuclear weapons, and he's can't even keep his story straight, he did say, yes, I don't think Putin should remain in power. In fact, he ad-libbed it on his own. He wasn't even asked about it. He just kind of inserted it in this big sweeping speech that he did in Warsaw in front of the Royal Palace. And then, of course, the press today. By the way, kudos to the press. A lot of times the mainstream press gives this president a pass. I've been in those press conferences, and boy, are they so much more difficult when it was President Trump compared to this president. But today, it was so bad, it was so obvious that even the Washington Post and CBS and everybody was grilling them. You know it's bad when they're grilling them. Take a listen. Here's a little bit of back and forth when they said, are you walking it back? Are you saying you didn't mean to do, you know, the message of regime change? Oh, no, I never said that. Take a listen. This is all over the place. Listen to him trying to clean up his own mess. Do you believe what you said, that Putin can't remain in power? Or do you now regret saying that because your government has been trying to walk that back? Did your words complicate matters? Well, yes, three different questions. I'll answer them all. Number one, I'm not walking anything back. The fact of the matter is I was expressing the more outrage I felt toward the way Putin is dealing and the actions of this man, just just brutality of half the children in Ukraine. I just come from being with those families. And uh, and so uh, but I want to make it clear I wasn't then nor am I now articulating a policy change. I was expressing the moral outrage that I feel, and I make no apologies for it. And let's go to your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to J.C. in East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, Line 4. Go ahead, J.C. Hey, Rita, this world is getting very interesting and very scary and dangerous. He's not, he's not walking it back. Lincoln walked it back. He didn't walk it back. That's a direct threat of war to a, uh, another country and another leader. And I'm going to be the devil's advocate here, okay? There's also another side to this. How do you know that Biden is not taking his orders from the central bank or the globalists? Let's face it, war for bank is like Christmas to a toy factory. They loan the government the money to buy the weapons. And they get rich once again. They, they remove any kind of uh, or, or what's going on with them, which are all of their dirty dealings. And for the globalists, for the globalists, it does population reduction. So there are so many levels of corruption that is going on here. Once again, it is so complex and complex that we ain't going to know what's going to The reality is this book. So wait, JC, hey, JC, so let me just ask you, you believe that it's sort of this orchestrated effort and what they, is it, is he conscious or do you think that they're just kind of feeding him these lines and these things to create these dilemmas or whatever uh, that you believe? Um, 
that he just doesn't even realize what he's saying. What where where do you where do you come on his his speech, JC? Hey JC? Oh, we lost you, JC. Call us back, JC. When you get back, let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Go ahead, Dom. Dom, you're here uh, yeah. on the Rita Cosby show. Go ahead, Dom. Yeah. Hi, Rita. I think Joe Biden really inspires me every time he goes off the teleprompter. And when he said, my God, man, this, this guy should not be allowed to be in power. Or you guys will meet the brave women when you go to Ukraine when he was speaking to our soldiers in Poland. In each instance, he's being very honest and talking about himself. A Joe Biden regime change is what he was thinking about. By the way, and, and Dom, do me a favor, Dom. Um, uh, yes. Stay with us. We're going to continue. We'll continue with you um, in a few minutes. But, Dom, great, great points. We just have to go to a break, and we'll continue with you after the break. Also, everybody, you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show, 1-800-848-9222. Rita Cosby is on. Show presents Back the Blue. And on tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement, police and health officials in Virginia race to help save the life of a man in Richmond, Virginia, who was bitten by his own pet viper, which is listed as one of the world's deadliest snakes. Virginia State Police said they got the call from the Virginia Commonwealth University Police Department requesting the, quote, expedited delivery of anti-venom treatment from the Aquarium and also Marine Science Center, which was quite a bit away. Now, police said the man was bitten by his own pet snake overnight. The snake, which is an African pit viper, is listed as one of the top 10 deadliest snakes in the world. So the Virginia Aquarium actually keeps anti-venom as a safety precaution, which is commonplace for lots of zoos and aquariums that care for exotic non-native species. So the one of the officers actually drove it from there to the location. The state police sergeant was able to get the venom from the employee, and he rushed from Virginia Beach to Richmond. Now, according to the Encyclopedia Britannica, this kind of exotic snake can basically grow seven feet and weigh up to 18 pounds, and they are extremely venomous. And no word yet on the man's condition. But what an amazing story. And talk about a wild call for officers who were on duty that day. Well, in just a second, we're going to bring in General Keith Kellogg, former Trump National Security Advisor, also also security advisor to then Vice President Pence. And I can't wait to ask him in just a second here what he thinks of the situation, first of all, in Russia, Ukraine, and also particularly these very dangerous comments coming from our president. My goodness. I mean, these are just crazy that he actually said, yes, Putin should not remain in power. And then, oh, no, 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 no. I wasn't calling for regime change. He has such foot and mouth disease. It is unbelievable. Here's a little bit, first off, from reporters today, because it was so bad and there have been so many gaffes by this president and just that European trip alone that almostly are basically on the verge of World War Three. I mean, that's why you have to be so careful what you say when you are dealing with the sensitivities that are going on in the world right now. 
and he just keeps tripping over himself over and over again. And so there he's in Warsaw saying Putin cannot remain in power. And again, it was so bad that reporters from every single different network, which half the time ask him about ice cream, what flavor you have. And well, today it was so transparent. They all were grilling him and saying, hey, Mr. President, what did you mean when you said Putin can't remain in power? You're clearly calling for a regime change. Obviously, everybody else in the White House was trying to clean up. In fact, privately, they were going, uh, uh, that's not the right message. Like, I can't believe my boss said that, which seems to be a common occurrence at this White House. But take a listen to the press conference just a little bit ago as he was asked by reporters. Well, then, what did you mean, Mr. President? You do feel that Vladimir Putin should be remained from, removed from power? Is that what you're saying? And- no, what I was, I was expressing just what I said. I was expressing the moral outrage I felt towards this man. I wasn't articulating a policy change. And uh, I think that, uh, you know, he continues on this course that he's on. He is going to become a pariah worldwide. And who knows what he come, becomes at home in terms of support. But, Are you concerned this remark might escalate the conflict? No, I'm not. I'm not at all. And joining us now is Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg, Fox News contributor and author of a great book, War by Other Means. General Kellogg, um, first your assessment of where things are at with Russia and its invasion of Ukraine. Mariupol, as boy, continues to take a pounding. And now we're hearing word that the Russians are bringing in reinforcements from the country of Georgia. Where do you see things stand? Yeah, good to be with you, Rita. Thanks for having me. Look, what that's really telling you when he's getting reinforcements from outside uh, of Russia and also bringing them into the Far East, that's a clear indication he's losing. And what I mean by that is if you have to bring in reinforcements with the forces they had to to bear there, um, uh, he's not doing well. The units he used initially were his first-line units. I mean, he uses airborne units, we'll go – the VDV, they're the ones who tried to go into Kiev, tried to come out of the south of Crimea initially, and they frankly got whacked. Uh, they, uh, the reports I'm getting is that around Kiev, they have, the Russians are putting in minefields. When you put in minefields, that means you're not advancing. You're, in fact, in defensive positions because you never attack through your own minefield. Uh, it just shows to me he's, he's operating from weakness. He tremendously miscalculation by Putin. Uh, clearly, the Ukrainians are fighting much more fiercely than most people if not all, thought they would be fighting. They're, they're better led. The Russians are having key command and control problems. You, you know, here's a good example, Rita. You know, when we did the first Gulf War, remember General Schwarzkopf? Everybody remembers him? Name sure. me the number one commander of the Russians. They don't have one. So they've got four or five commanders leading four or five different assaults, and it's really disconnected. Uh, and you've got um, probably Putin running it. So, I mean, if I, I'm giving him basically an F in every single category from military leadership to military logistics to tactics, they're just not doing well. And I think, frankly, they're on their back foot. And I think the Ukrainians have, if we help them and we do it smartly, the Ukrainians have a real possible uh, way of winning this thing, which is stunning for anybody to, to hear about. Send in the MiGs? What do you think? What do they need right now? Because Zelensky is pleading for, he even said, give us 1% of each of your hardware, basically, from your, you know, from each of the NATO countries. He said, if you gave us just even 1% of your military, we would be able to beat this. If you give us the MiGs, give us as much surface to air, uh, give us a whole bunch of those things. He said, we can win. 
Yeah, he's you know he's a better military commander than President Biden is. Look, the MiGs need to go there. That increases their air force by one third. Uh, they're fourth generation fighters. What I mean by that is fifth generation to stealth. So that means they're the the upper end of fighters, and they're good. He has yet to get the S three hundred air defense systems that they're used to using because they have some of those. We get them from the, from the from three of the NATO allies that have them. Move those in right away. A lot of the equipment they're talking about that Biden talks about still isn't there. For example. The system they call the switchblade, which is a very good system, is not there yet. Uh, they're not getting the equipment, and, they, and I don't know why it's taking this forever, unless unless we're hoping they're going to try to negotiate. But that's just – it's wrong. I mean we're putting them on their back foot, meaning putting Zelensky, instead of helping him win this fight. We should be giving him everything he wants. But to me, if he wants a brick, give him a brick. If he wants a slingshot, give him a slingshot. If he wants a battleship, find one. Put it on the – put it out there as well. But give him anything he needs to fight this fight. Because they're fighting with great courage, and they're doing fighting very, very smart. Sort of like how we fought the Brits uh, in the 1700s. We hid behind trees, you know, shot from behind corners, and they did everything else. They're kind of doing it the same way. They're, they're doing very, very well. Yeah, they are. It has been amazing and inspiring. And everybody, we are talking to Lieutenant General Keith Kellogg, uh, author of a great book. It's called War by Other Means. Also was former was a national security advisor to then Vice President Pence, also President Trump. You brought up the commander in chief. I have to ask you, of course, General Kellogg, it, it was amazing. Here was President Biden. He's there in Warsaw and he basically says Putin should no longer remain in power. The White House has had to walk that back. He also said the day before to the 82nd Airborne when he was in southern Poland and Jezhev Poland, when you get there uh, regarding Ukraine, they had to walk that back, too. Then he also said, you know, if chemical weapons are used by, you know, Vladimir Putin, we will respond in kind. Then the White House had to say, no, 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 we're not going to respond similarly. We're not using chemical weapons. How detrimental and dangerous are these gaps? Yeah, they're, they're huge. They really are. And look, even today, he said, after they, them, his, his uh, comms team trying to walk it back, he said, I'm not walking anything back. Look, you can say things like that. I can say things like that. Lindsey Graham can say things like that. The commander in chief of the United States cannot say things like that. He's got to keep his mouth shut because gaffes don't work well with Putin. Just, and I would tell people, you know, put yourself in a position, in a normal human relation position, when somebody insults you, and then continues to insult you, well, it doesn't mean you can have good relations. These are times you just need to keep his mouth shut, let everybody else work it, because the gaps do not help trying to get to a negotiated solution. And and when it comes to things like talking about chemicals, uh, of the use of chemicals, you, I've always believed in strategic ambiguity from the leader. Don't let don't say things. Kind of talk Trump was great about it. You kind of talk around it. You tell us what you want us to to do, and then we as a staff would do it. But you need to stay in a, as, as, as ambiguous as you possibly can because you are, quote, the commander-in-chief and the only commander-in-chief. And when he gets out and does stuff like that, it just makes everything else so hard for his commanders. I mean, I even look, even our, our allies were upset. President Macron, who's worked day and night to try to get to a political solution on this, was blindsided by it. He made some pretty harsh comments about it. You had others out there in the international community saying the same thing. It's sort of like, you know, you're supposed to be the the guy who has all this experience, and you have all the adults in the room now, and you're making gaffes like this. I mean, this is not helping Zelensky at all. And, and oh, by the way, now that you're saying this and being the, uh, the tough guy, you're the same guy who refused to give Zelensky the MiGs. 
I mean, it just, uh, it's almost like he wants to talk tough, but then he doesn't want to give Zelensky the tools that he needs to fight the fight. So, I, you know, it's kind of disappointing, kind of worrisome, because it actually is more escalatory than you know, his language, is more escalatory than giving Zelensky the MiGs or the S-300 air defense system, because Putin will see that. And, and there is uh, this relationship between the United States and Russia, if it's not broken, it'll be broken by tomorrow. It's a terrible situation we, we currently find ourselves in. You know, that's a great point. You're right, because when they hear that language and you hear of Vladimir Putin with sort of his back up against the wall, given the situation, as we talked about militarily, does that kind of put him in a box and force him to respond? This is a guy clearly who has a big ego, Vladimir Putin. And then here he has this president who he does not seem to respect, sadly, our American president. Yeah, Rita, you see, it's, it, there's, when I, what I noticed with Trump, it was fun to be with him when he would talk to people. Everything is based on human relationships. And you can see that the relationship between the number one nuclear superpower, the United States, and the number two nuclear superpower, Russia, is not very good right now because the leaders of both are not talking to each other and won't talk to each other. And Putin does see, and I, you have to look through Putin's eyes, because I've always been a big believer, you have to look through your opponent's eyes to figure out what he wants to do and what he's trying to do. It's clearly he feels his back is against the wall. The, the, you know, Biden has thrown down a gauntlet instead of trying to work some solutions. Uh, he, he, it's, it's not a good way out. Look, let me tell you quickly what Trump would have done. I know what he would have done. He would have picked up the phone and called Vladimir and said, Vlad, I want you to come and or to your, send your team to Camp David, and I'll bring Zelensky to Camp David. I'll feed you some good food, put you up there in the mountains up here. And uh, you enjoy yourselves and come out with a peace plan. It's the same thing that Carter did with Anwar Sadat and Menachem Begin when they came to the Camp David Accords. That's how you have to handle it. You bring him in, try to de-escalate the situation, make him work to a solution to come out of it and, and come out looking good. Uh, but there's no chance of that happening. There's no chance of being of the United States being the interlocutor now, none, none at all. You think, especially after these statements, it's just further deteriorated it? Oh, yeah, I think I if we're not in a cold war, we're at least in a warm war. It's the the relations are not going to be fixed at all until one of the two of them is gone, because Putin will remember this. You know, Putin will be honest about it. Putin is a former KGB colonel. You know, he, he has no problem poisoning his adversaries, you know, like Navalny. He has no problem helping some of his allies, the Syrians, use nerve gas against civilians. He's you know, he's. He's not a nice guy to be around, but there's no chance at all of us working with him, not with Biden making comments like that. Wow. Very, very concerning. General Keith Kellogg, thank you so much for your perspective. It is so important, and we always love having you here on the show. Thank you. Thanks, Rita. Thanks for having me. And let's continue with your calls. Wow. Just hearing from General Keith Kellogg who was National Security Advisor to Vice President Pence and President Trump at the time, saying that the language of Joe Biden is more escalatory than giving Ukraine the MiGs. And remember, the White House has said, oh, we don't want to give them the MiGs because it would escalate things tremendously, and Putin would see that as a threat and basically go after NATO. And he's contending that these comments by Joe Biden— are much more escalatory than that. Wow. That is really powerful. And this is a guy, of course, who's been on many a call. I think it was like 18 calls, I think he had told me at one point, with 
uh, Vladimir Putin, so knows the mindset of Vladimir Putin very, very well. What are your thoughts, everybody? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Dom real quick from Minnesota. Dom, I'm sorry I had to cut you off earlier. Go ahead, Dom, your thoughts about this. No, no, Rita, that was a fantastic interview with General Keith Kellogg. I really appreciated everything he said. Yeah, he's um, terrific, by the way. And you know what's interesting, Dom? He is someone, first of all, he's been on the front lines with all of that. Yes. You know, he's and he's been on uh, it's more than a dozen calls with Vladimir Putin and President Trump, because when a call is made with a president or world leader, world leader, there are other people on the line. So he understands the mindset of Putin. He understands he's been in that situation. And to me, what he just said to all of us, where he was saying the language of Joe Biden is more escalatory than giving the MIGs. That is wow. That's that's a yep. powerful statement. Exactly. So I, I think, you know, really quick, Joe Biden, every time he goes off teleprompter, he's really honest about the whole thing because he, the regime change he's talking about is he wants out. So he, he wants the regime change. I, if you remember, Defense Secretary Robert Gates. But, but, but wait, does, Joe, does he want out? Does he want regime change in, in America or in Russia? That, that's right. He <laughs> wants regime change. He's, he's thinking it. I'm thinking I think he's thinking it and saying it about Putin. But. If you remember, Defense Secretary Robert Gates even said that Joe Biden has gotten every single foreign policy wrong over his entire political career. I don't know if you remember. I do uh, remember, yes. And and, yes. and he was the, um, of course, uh, former defense secretary under Obama. And uh, and by the way, we have to remember everybody. He's the guy who said, oh, no, don't go in and get Osama bin Laden. Everybody else in the room was like, go get it. Do this. You know, this is worth the chance. And he was like, uh, 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 uh. And this is now, that's what we have as president now, Dom. Pray for us. And and the last point I want to make, Rita, is I think for the sake of the country, Will Smith should slap some sense into him and take him out. Oh, that's a good one. That's that's a slap that you would appreciate? (laughs) He's a comedian after all, Joe Biden is. That's true. That's true. Who was actually, you know what, Um, Chris Rock. Um, I actually interviewed Chris Rock years ago, and Chris yeah. Rock played president, I remember, in some movie. And that's when I interviewed him. I interviewed him. I'll never <laughs> forget this, Dom. I'm bringing back memories to me. I interviewed him when he was oh, at the did. Apollo okay. Theater, and I was yeah. at NBC at the time, and he did a movie about being president. So maybe Chris Rock, because he could handle that slap. Maybe, maybe you know, he can handle being slapped around by Putin a little bit, too, right? You know, I mean, you can, he can handle a punch, you know, and, and take it. And then he was quick on the comeback, and at least he was alert. And he was a lot more alert than, uh, than I've seen Joe Biden be in years, huh? I think, I think we need a peaceful but very loud regime change in the good old U.S. of A. Oh, Dom, pray for us. This has only been a little over a year. Dom, thank you very much. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. After the break, you are listening to The Rita Cosby Show. This is The Rita Cosby Show. And we are talking about President Biden's latest blunder saying that, oh, no, even though I said Putin shouldn't remain in power, I don't mean regime change. Boy, are they using this in Russia for propaganda and basically using it to say, look, look what they're trying to do to your leader. Maybe we should have regime change in America, you guys. Maybe he should be the one who steps aside. That's what they're saying in Russia. 
boy, is this not the right thing to do when you're dealing with the delicacies and the nuances and very much heightened alert with a man who has chemical, biological, and nuclear weapons. And, of course, this isn't the first time that he screwed up on this trip. I mean, think about everything that he was saying on this trip. It's like left and right. He was blunder after blunder after blunder. Uh, I mean, first off, remember in Brussels, he talked about chemical weapons, what the response would be if Putin used chemical or biological weapons. Take a listen. So you've warned about the real threat of chemical weapons being used. Have you gathered specific intelligence that suggests that President Putin is deploying these weapons, moving them to position or considering their use? And would the U.S. or NATO respond with military action if he did use chemical weapons? You know, on the first question, I can't answer that. I'm not going to give you intelligence data, number one. Number two, we would respond. We would respond if he uses it. The nature of the response would depend on the nature of the use. We would respond. And then he also said we would respond in kind. Like, what, are we going to be using chemical weapons? And the White House was like, no, 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 no. The president didn't mean that. He misspoke. It's like that's their favorite line. He misspoke. He didn't mean what he said. And then here's what he said on Saturday morning when he was visiting, or this was Friday, actually, Friday in Poland time. And he goes and visits the 82nd Airborne in Poland and says, when you get there, when you get to Ukraine, you're going to see these really courageous people. They're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Are you sending ground troops in? You sending us in tomorrow? Take a listen. And you're going to see when you're there, some of you have been there, you're going to see, you're going to see women, young people standing, standing in the middle of front of a damn tank, just saying, I'm not leaving. I'm holding my ground. They're incredible. Oh, when you get there, you'll see when you get there. I'll be there. You know what? You'll be there. Boy, what a mess is that? And they're like, no, 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 no. He misspoke on that one, too. Let's go back to JC in Stroudsburg, PA. JC, real quick. Sorry, uh, you dropped off before. Go ahead, my friend. No problem. Just just before I uh, answer the question, it's also a great diversion from Hunter Biden and the corruption of the Biden crime family of all the money they've taken out of Ukraine if there was a war. But to answer your question, he can't think about anything. The only thing Joe could think about on his own is getting ice cream or sniffing little kids and ladies' hair. He can't think about anything. Either they're planting it on the uh, teleprompter and they're making believe it ain't there, or there's a bug in his ear and somebody's talking to him. Although, you know what's interesting in this particular case, J.C.? According to reports and everybody, you know, you have kind of the printout of the story and of what you're going to say, the speech. Usually it's pretty clear. And I've covered a lot of presidents where they give you the readout. Basically, here's what they're about to say. And sometimes it's verbatim. And in this case, it was pretty much verbatim up until the very end there. And that's where he ad-libbed. It's like when he goes off script or when they ask him a question in a news conference, that's when you can see the whole White House is like trembling, like, oh, oh, oh what is he going to say now that could cause World War Three? This is scary stuff, guys. We're going to continue with your comments after the break. I'll continue taking calls and we're going to talk about the gaffe heard around the world and also the slap at the Oscars heard around the world. Feisty, fearless and fair. She's an Emmy-winning journalist from the White House to war zones, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I know your name is Rita. 
Breaking news. Now, the latest on Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And you are joining us here on the Rita Cosby Show. Air raid sirens are being heard in Lviv, Ukraine. That is the biggest city to the west of the country. And that means that strikes are coming closer and closer, by the way, to NATO territory, because Poland is only about 50 or so miles away from the center of Lviv. Over the weekend, by the way, uh, missile strikes came within two miles of the center of the city of Lviv. That was the furthest attack west of a major city so far by the Russian forces. And again, at this hour, air raid sirens going off in Lviv, Ukraine. Also, the mayor of Mariupol, which has just been getting a pounding, that's in the eastern part of Ukraine, and that's where that theater was leveled, also the hospital leveled, schools have been leveled, shopping malls have been leveled. Uh, Right now, they believe more than 90% of the buildings have been destroyed, and the mayor is calling for a full evacuation of that city because they absolutely believe that what is left of the city, the 10% that has not been hit, they do expect will be hit shortly. It looks like the Russians are taking their full all-out assault on that particular city. However, at this point, humanitarian corridors are being blocked off. So on one hand, he is calling for everybody to evacuate and saying that no place is safe in the city. On the other hand, it does not look like they are able to escape safely. So what a desperate dire situation. And they believe that there's at least 100,000 people that are still in that eastern city of Mariupol that we've been hearing so much about and that has been so devastated. Again, at this hour, no water, no gas, no electricity, uh, no food able to come in or out. What a difficult, desperate situation for people in that city. Also, we're getting word that Putin apparently sent a message back to a Russian oligarch, Roman Abramovich. He is the one uh, who owned Chelsea, uh, the football team. This is one of the wealthy oligarchs who was also put on the list. But it looks like he was trying to also sort of be a broker between Vladimir Putin and President Zelensky, trying to broker a peace deal, basically, and to try to get some conditions for the two of them to come together for peace. Well, a couple things have happened, new developments that we're finding out that apparently he was given a note from Zelensky after he met with him to Putin. And when he passed the note to Putin, according to uh, officials saying Putin's response was, I'm not even going to read it, tell Zelensky I will thrash them. That was the answer. I will thrash them. So it sure didn't sound like at that point there was any room for negotiation. The other thing, too, is we're hearing that now Roman Abramovich and a number of Ukrainian officials who were part of these peace talk meetings in Kiev, you know, trying to broker a peace deal between Ukraine and Russia, apparently developed symptoms consistent with poisoning by chemical weapons. So here they were trying to broker a peace deal And they all developed symptoms, including red eyes and peeling of skin on faces. All of the individuals have confirmed that they had those symptoms. I won't give further details, but some are saying that it was consistent with they believe are poisoning. And remember, uh, the dissident uh, who has now been uh, sentenced to nine years in a Russian prison. This is the guy who's spoken out against Putin, been the sort of biggest you know, uh, uh, articulate sort of protester of Putin over the last few years, uh, Novotny, he was just sentenced to nine more years in prison. He was poisoned, too. 
remember, by Putin. So there's a history of people who are doing things that Putin doesn't like, and it doesn't look like Putin wanted this guy or anybody to try to negotiate some sort of peace deal or look sympathetic in any shape or form to Zelensky. And again, this individual, this oligarch, apparently is now suffering from symptoms consistent with chemical weapons, as are the other Ukrainian officials. So, wow, what a wild time and wild developments happening out of Russia, Ukraine, and the war situation there. And, of course, the Ukrainian officials. But it's just a reminder that anybody who's trying to be a part of it could be in harm's way. And now we have President Biden, of course, in the middle of all this, guys, who is blundering and fumbling and just making the most verbal gaffes or verbal catastrophes, depending how you see it, that here he is. He's in Warsaw, Poland. He's giving what they said is probably going to be one of the biggest addresses of his political career. He's there in front of the Royal Palace. By the way, I know the Royal Palace well because my father actually defended that building, that specific building. It's the Royal Castle right there in Old Town, Warsaw. That was a building my father actually defended in World War II. I know exactly where it is. It's in Old Town, Warsaw. It's this beautiful building. And my father actually was ducking German you know, tank shells and hiding in the castle with his men uh, as a teenager when he was fighting in World War II. But here he is at this very like beautiful, majestic building talking about Vladimir Putin, meeting also with refugees earlier in the day. And then he goes off script. And he makes this comment. Take a listen, everybody. A dictator bent on rebuilding an empire will never erase a people's love for liberty. Brutality will never grind down their will to be free. Ukraine will never be a victory for Russia. For free people refuse to live in a world of hopelessness and darkness. We will have a different future, a brighter future, rooted in democracy and principles, hope and light of decency and dignity, of freedom and possibilities. For God's sake, this man cannot remain in power. This man cannot remain in power. Now, listen, I think we all agree that the guy is a madman. He's totally out of control. But when you are president of the United States and you're worried about, oh, gosh, maybe we shouldn't send MIGs there. That's going to escalate things. Maybe we shouldn't send certain military hardware. That's going to escalate things. And then there you are in Warsaw, Poland, which has, of course, been, you know, had a horrible history with the Russians, the way that they have treated them through the years. And you're dealing with the ego of a Vladimir Putin. And you're saying this man shouldn't remain in power. You think that that doesn't escalate things after you basically told the 82nd Airborne, well, maybe you're going to be going into Ukraine. And after you said maybe with chemical weapons, if he uses them, we might respond in kind. So today... Peter Ducey, the Fox News White House correspondent, and everybody in the press corps was hammering the president. He comes out today talking about his budget. Nobody wants to hear about it. They just were like, wait, 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 did you call for a regime change? And the president wants us to basically say, no, we couldn't hear. We didn't. We all misunderstood. The whole world misunderstood him. Take a listen to how we tried to explain this off. This is the exchange between Peter Ducey of Fox News and the president just a little bit ago. Are you worried that other leaders in the world are going to start to doubt that America is back if some of these big things that you say on the world stage keep getting walked back? What's getting walked back? It made it sound like, just in the last couple days, 
Uh, it sounded like you told U.S. troops they were going to Ukraine. It sounded like you said it was possible the U.S. would use a chemical weapon, and it sounded like you were calling for regime change in Russia. And we know none of the three occurred. None of the three. Occurred. None of the three. Mr. President, you, you, you interpret the language that way. I was talking to the troops. We we're talking about helping train the troops in that are the, the Ukrainian troops that are in Poland. That's what the context. I sat there with those guys for a couple hours. That's what we talked about. So when you said you're going to see when you're there, you were not intending. To I was say referring to with meeting with and talking with the uh, Ukrainian troops who were in Poland. And when you said a chemical weapon use by Russia would trigger a response in kind. It will trigger a significant response. What does that mean? I'm not going to tell you. Why would I tell you? You've got to be silly. The world wants to know? The world wants to know a lot of things. I'm not telling them what the response would be. Then, then Russia knows the response. Wow. None of those three occurred as if we can't even understand what he's saying. Are you kidding me? We just heard it. He literally just said it, but no, no, no. We all misunderstood. He's the only one who knows what he's talking about. He's the president of the United States, and he can't figure out what he said, and he can't make sense of what he said, and he can't even remember what he said. And then did you hear the last part there? We were talking about the Ukrainian troops that are being now trained in Poland. We didn't know that Ukrainian troops were being trained in Poland. So did he, like, leak another national security tip that Ukrainian troops are being trained in Poland? I mean— why are you giving that information out? What is going on with this guy? He is the president of the United States. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Rob, who's on line five. Go ahead, Rob. Your thoughts about this. What do you make of the president? And, and he wants us to believe, Rob, that none of this occurred. Oh, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I, I couldn't believe the whole press corps was like, here's what you said. If you read it back, we just played it. He said it. But then he's like, no, 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 no. I didn't say it. And meanwhile, Vladimir Putin's playing it over and over again in a commercial to his people saying, this is why we're going in, because they're trying to kick me out of power. They're trying to kick Russians off the map, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, at this point, I I mainly just want to say great job with the show. Wow. What excellent dissemination of information. You're covering all the bases. I really enjoy what you're doing. And you know, and, and, and General Kellogg was just a, a really fantastic guest, uh, a really uh, excellent guest. And uh, I just want to thank you for the show. Um, now, as to all this, I, I, don't, I don't think that really at this uh, point, I, I, I'm sorry to say, but I don't think it's really gaffes and misspeaks and blunders. I, I think it's actually – I'm sorry. I hate to say it, but it's, it's, it's treachery. It's as if Joe Biden is trying to one-up Barack Obama on anti-Americanism or something. Something is very askew. It's it's a wild-eyed thing we're looking at here. And and, and, the, and the situation with Russia and Ukraine is so complicated. You know, I, I'll just say that on one hand, I'm pretty darn confident, and I think we all should be, that if Donald Trump hadn't had the White House stolen away from him, if he was in the White House right now in that oval, um, that Vladimir Putin wouldn't be making these moves. So that that says something. And then on the other hand, I see Nancy Pelosi saying, we stand with the Ukraine. So 
that's a red flag as well. So it, it just becomes really complicated. What do you make of it? Do, do you think that it's really about we have to stand with the Ukraine and that Vladimir Putin is the evildoer, the, the bad guy? Well, I think, first off, clearly Ukraine was being invaded by Russia. There's no question, Rob. I mean, you know, where I've had people talk about the history of Russia and all these other things. There is no excuse for invading a free and democratic country. There's no excuse for coming in and pummeling people like that. There's no excuse for leveling theaters that are filled with women and children and brutality. I mean, do you think there's anything right, Rob, about when we see what's happened and like I brought up Mariupol, for example, Rob, it is heartbreaking. Yeah. I mean, talk about yeah. disastrous. I mean, is there anything appropriate about that? No. No. And, and so, you know, and, and uh, the way I'm wording it is I say Vladimir Putin has got KGB DNA. And so you can't trust that bastard. But it's uh, but it, it's just so complicated. It's the first time ever in my life that I'm looking at matters of war and peace where I'm confused. You know, like I'm not really sure what the hell to make of it. It's like with, with the war in Iraq, I had lots of solid answers. I was able to answer why and what and this and that. Um, you know, w- what happened with Afghanistan, with the international community there. And, and, and by the way, here's a point in case. Under Obama, ISIS was taking over Arab city after Arab city. They had a caliphate well underway, and they were just like – they had strongholds all over the Middle East. And then along came Trump, and he pounded them into the Middle Eastern sands. And now with, with – and by the way, with, with, uh, with uh, the Iran deal, which was, which was a horrible situation, and, and now we've got Biden in there where – ISIS is no longer in the picture, but I'm looking at what he's doing with Iran. And ultimately, Rita, I'm looking at what's going on with Xi Ping in China. Would you agree that Xi Ping in China is actually a big part of all of the geopolitical machinations that are going on right now? No question. And he is watching, which is why I want a strong American president, which is why I want a clear American president, because it's not just Russia, Ukraine that's at stake. We're talking about Taiwan, as you brought up, you know, with Xi Jinping. He's watching to see how do we handle it. And he's going, God, that American president is fumbly bumbly. You know, I mean, that's why it's really scary, Rob. And also Iran, you brought up. I mean, all of these, the repercussions of a fumbly bumbly president who, on one hand, he uses very provocative words, but his actions are so docile. Like it's like, you know, I mean, it's it's not even like if his actions were strong and his words followed it, that might be different. But it's the other way around. And that is a dangerous combination. Rob, thank you. Great call. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. After the break, 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. This is the Rita Cosby Show. I am begging you, Mr. President, don't speak. Stay on script. Don't ad-lib. I am begging you for the sake of world security. I've never been so nervous when a president would get up because I want him to do well. I want America to do well. But he keeps going off script and making these comments and saying Putin should no longer be in charge. And Oh, you're calling for a regime change. Oh, no, I didn't say that. 
If he does chemical weapons, we're going to respond in kind. Oh, no, no, I didn't say that. It's like it is really, really frightening. And this is how Congressman Mike McCall, who is on the Homeland Security Committee, National Foreign Foreign Affairs and big security expert, he said, boy, this is really, really troubling. And the stakes could not be higher right now, given everything happening in Russia and Ukraine. Take a listen to Congressman Mike McCall. But then, you know, when he goes off script, uh, Harris, he every time he does that, he seems to cause an international incident. And we get way off messaging. You know, it's not the policy of the United States to have regime change. Um, And he's always talking about not escalating, which is the reason why they didn't send the MiG jets into Ukraine in the first place, because they don't want to be too provocative. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And you just heard from General Keith Kellogg, who was here on the show just a little bit ago, saying, you know what? Not giving the MiGs was not as bad. As these comments, and he's a big supporter in giving the MiGs because he said, give the MiGs to Ukraine, give them all the military hardware they can right now to help them close the skies themselves, to give them a chance. And he thinks these comments from Biden are more destructive and more catastrophic. That is a blockbuster comment coming from somebody who is the national security advisor helping Trump when he was in office and someone who knows Putin. Let's go to your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Max on line five. Max, your thoughts about this. Go ahead. Yeah, thank you for taking my call, Rita. Listen, I'm no lover of, uh, of Putin or the Russians, but this is not really about, it's not focused really on Ukraine. The problem here is that Putin, once he, he came into, once communism fell, he started throwing out the oligarchs who were controlling the banking system there in Russia. The rest of the world, in NATO more specifically, does not like this. They, the same thing happened with Gaddafi and Bashar al-Assad. When they do not have a central bank that is controlled, tightly controlled, all of a sudden, you are the enemy. But let me, let me ask you, Mac. Let me ask you. No, 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 no. I want you to focus on exactly – we're talking about Biden right now. What do you think of his comments um, – because, you know, I disagree. It still doesn't justify invading a democratic country. Um, I know that there are lots of reasons in Putin's head because he was worried about NATO and all this other stuff. Um, but more importantly, the comments from Biden right now, Max, what are your thoughts in terms of how dangerous or do you think they're not that dangerous? I personally think they're very dangerous. Go ahead. Um, he's a puppet. He barely knows what he's, he, has to, he has anything to say. He's being fed a bunch, I'm sure, a bunch of vitamins, B12, and a bunch of other stuff to keep him going. So he's semi-coherent in front of the camera. And isn't the that media, scary, the media Max? Is extremely, the media is extremely uh, careful, and they, and they siphon, and they filter all the stuff that he says. There's a lot of blunders that he puts out that the media does not broadcast to the rest of us. Although, you know what's amazing today? And, Max, thank you for the call. That was a great call. And I appreciate, by the way, hearing all sides, too. I just want to stay focused on the topic here at hand. But... You know, what's scary is that today the media was hammering him, all asking the question. That's how you know it was so bad that even all the mainstream media were asking. It was like almost every single question. I think it was like 99 percent of the questions were all on this. Uh, Let's go to let's go to Mike on line three. Go ahead, Mike. Your thoughts about this. Yeah, I don't read it. Yeah. Um, I always thought from the beginning that uh, Biden was with uh, Putin, uh, because if he really wasn't, why would he close the the pipeline and buy fuel from Russia? You know, but also because you know why? Because he's 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 believes in green energy. He thinks that, you know, he's so beholden to the far left of this country 
that thinks that we should not be energy independent. He changed it. I mean, think about it. if we were energy independent now, Mike, things would be so much different. And I think that that it was a catastrophic mistake because it's made Putin rich because people had to go to Putin to get the oil. And that is catastrophic. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And we're also going to talk about Will Smith and the smack heard round the world at the Oscars. Boy, everybody is talking about this. I want to hear your thoughts if you think Will Smith should be arrested for assault or stripped of the Oscar. Rita Cosby is on. Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And on tonight's Support Our Heroes segment, one of my favorite segments where we get to honor our great men and women in the military. A big salute and a beautiful one to a World War II veteran, John Frazier, who is 97 years old. He threw out the first pitch. And apparently he had a really good pitch, too, at age 97, probably better than my pitch, at a Stetson University baseball game. He was also awarded a key to the city of DeLand, Florida. Now, Frazier knew he was throwing out the pitch, so he got a little bit of a chance to practice. But the key to the city came as a big surprise to him. Just to give you a little background about this amazing hero, at age 17, he began working with his father on the railroad, and that's when his dad taught him Morse code, which made Frazier a big asset when he was drafted to join the war effort in 1942, just after his 18th birthday. He ended up having his communication skill leading him to being a radio operator, a key one, at the largest communications facility in Australia. And once the war ended, Fraser made it back home on Christmas Eve, 1945. He also later worked out uh, in the CIA and turned out to be a great asset in interpreting different codes and different systems. So bravo to him. And how great that he got to throw out the first pitch at age 97 and also got a key to the city. What a great, great story. And I always love being able to support our wonderful heroes and especially those from the greatest generation. Well, one thing that I didn't think was so great was I was watching the Oscars last night and I turned it on. I was like, oh, my goodness. And at first I thought, did that really happen? Did Chris Rock really get slapped in the face by Will Smith? Like at first I thought, was that just part of the act? Well, coming up in just a minute or two, we are going to be talking to great celebrity publicist Jeremy Murphy to get his take on all of this. Uh, Former vice president of communications there at CBS, author of a great book, too, as well. And he's going to give us his take. But first, I want to give you some background, and I can't wait to get your thoughts on this because everybody is talking about it. And do you think that Will Smith should be arrested for assault? Do you think there's a different standard for celebrities and those that are not celebrities? He clocked a guy, I think, unprov- you know, I mean, if you, and my take is it was totally out of line. You got to be able to take a joke. I've been on the Friars. I've been where I was on the dais and where they threw like different barbs at different people. I was one of the people. I was one of the celebrities that was picked. I was like, I thought the jokes were funny. I was laughing harder than anybody else. And I want to get your take on this as to what you think should happen now. In the last few minutes, by the way, 
Chris Rock has apologized. He put out a statement tonight saying, I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris Rock. I was out of line and I was wrong. But he didn't apologize to him last night when he clocked him in front of about a billion people watching the Oscars. Now, here is what happened. Take a listen. Here is, first of all, Chris Rock. He's one of the presenters. He's a comedian. And he was taking jabs at different people in the audience, including making a joke about Will Smith's wife, Jada Pinkett, and her very short cropped hairdo. Take a listen. Jada, I love you. G.I. Jane, too. Can't wait to see it. All right? So I didn't know. And I don't, from what we're gathered, Chris Rock didn't know that she has alopecia, which is making her hair fall out. And so as a medical condition, I didn't know that. I remember when I heard the joke, I thought, oh, it's making fun of her because Demi Moore had short hair when she did, you know, G.I. Jane. And it was part two. And she looked beautiful. She's a beautiful woman. Looks buff, looks gorgeous. So I thought it was more of like almost a compliment almost, like just the short haircut, making fun of the short haircut, but nothing related to any medical condition. And what we're hearing is Chris Rock didn't know she had a medical condition. He just was making a fun jab. And then it gets out of hand. Here is Will Smith, superstar actor who lots of kids look up to all over the world. Everybody knows Chris Rock, you know, great actor, great, you know, action star. And then he gets really upset, goes on stage, smacks him, and then talks some smack afterwards. Take a listen. I'm out here. Uh-oh. Richard. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Leave my wife's name out your mouth. Wow, dude. Yes. It was a G.I. Jane joke. Keep my wife's name out your mouth. I'm going to, okay? <laughs> I can, oh, okay. That was the greatest night in the history of television. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wow. At first I was like, is that stage? And then you could see Chris Rock was like stunned. Everybody's stunned. Remember, about a a billion people watch this all over the world. I mean, this is a huge audience, enormous audience. You know, it gets played over and over again and streamed. And apparently in a couple of countries, it didn't get bleeped out. So they heard the words that you didn't hear because we don't want to play it for you. It was just, I was shocked. I was like, whoa. And a lot of people are reacting today and were upset that when Chris Rock got up there, he didn't apologize. Yeah, I mean, uh, Will Smith, he didn't apologize to Chris Rock. He said, you know what? I, I'm sorry, Academy. I hope you invite me back. Love does sometimes crazy things. So you go up and you clock somebody on live TV because they made a joke about your wife when they're making jokes about everybody all night long? I thought it was totally out of line, totally inappropriate. I want to hear your thoughts about it, too. Here is what Stephen A. Smith had to say. And then I'm going to bring in celebrity publicist Jeremy Murphy to get his take. Here is first Stephen A. Smith. What Will Smith did tonight was straight bull****. Props and congratulations to him for winning the Oscar, because damn it, he deserved it. And I love the brother, and I'm proud of him, but boy, was that a shameful act for him to commit tonight. To go up on stage and slap Chris Rock like that, he's lucky he didn't get his ass kicked, particularly after the event was over. If not by Chris Rock, to the fellas he had there with him, I mean, damn. Denzel and Bradley Cooper and Tyler Perry having to calm you down. Your publicist having to run out and, and calm you down. I mean, damn, come on, bro. 
Come on, man. There's no excuse for it, ladies and gentlemen. Don't even try to justify it, okay? Chris Rock said it years ago. Every time black folks doing something, you know who messes it up. I never dreamed of my wildest dreams. I'd be saying that about Will Smith. A black man, Will Packer, did a phenomenal job producing the Oscars. And you do this to stain yourself, to stain the Academy Awards? Damn. And joining us now to discuss the slap heard round the world when Will Smith hit comedian Chris Rock is celebrity publicist Jeremy Murphy. He is the former VP of Communications at CBS. He's also the author of a really great and timely book. It's called Blank Off, Chloe, Surviving the OMGs and FMLs in Your Media Career. Um, I have to ask you, Jeremy, your reaction when Will Smith smacked Chris Rock, uh, what, a billion viewers basically seen around the world. Well, you know, at first I thought it was staged. I thought this was a bit um, because it's so, it it seems so shocking that this is actually genuine. Um, And then when Will says certain things from the audience about him insulting his wife, I was like, wow, this is real. And so it kind of took a moment to sink in. But if you look at, like, the whole the, – the, the ceremony at the whole, I mean, you got Kristen Stewart showing up in hot pants, hot shorts. Timothy Chalamet doesn't have a shirt. And it's like they've turned this into a carnival. I mean, it's kind of apropos. So you thought it was sort of par for the course. And by the way, you know, it was interesting because the Oscars have not been getting as many viewers. Boy, it certainly made it for an interesting night. Oh, my God. ABC has to be jumping in the aisles because – this is, for the first time in, what, how many years the Oscars has buzzed now? People are talking about it. No one ever talked about the Oscars until I, the last time I ever heard anybody talk about the Oscars was when Gwyneth Paltrow won or, or Titanic, like in the late 90s. And now people are talking about the Oscars. So uh, they have to be overjoyed. Um, what did you think because, of Will Smith's apology, non-apology, Jeremy Murphy? Um, because he got up there afterwards, and I guess I think it, I was watching it, so I was sort of like, okay, did it really happen? Did it not happen? Yeah. And then he gets up there, and he apologizes, but he doesn't apologize to Chris Rock. Well, I just thought the whole thing was farcical because here he, he went on stage and he assaulted someone, and then minutes later he's talking about love and kindness. And it's like, wait a minute, you just... And you you just committed battery in front of a billion people, and now you're talking about love? Um, It was very, very um, disingenuous. Um, And now he's trying to backtrack to, like, I saw some statement today that he was like, he's very sorry, whatnot. Part of me is like, I mean, he's a good guy. Like, I've heard really good things about him. he was not in his right mind to, to, to literally get out of your seat and do that. I, I don't think he was thinking rationally. Yeah, I agree, clearly. And by the way, you know, your book, of course, and, I, and you had a great book party. I went to it. It was Thank awesome, you. Jeremy. <laughs> um, it's a fabulous book, everybody. And it's about cancel culture. And a lot of people have come out today, Jeremy Murphy, and basically said um, they don't like the idea of someone. They're not happy with the jokes or what they go up and clock somebody. You know, uh, it's hard enough for comedians these days to almost make a joke that can be funny because it's politically incorrect or not politically. You know, I mean, there's just so much they're walking on eggshells and now they got to worry about being clocked on stage. Well, I will say this, Um, you know, 
Chris Rock, uh, Chris Rock has a set on him because he's literally on stage insulting a man's wife. And if you look at some parts of Twitter, a lot of women are like very like, you know what? I wish my man did that for me. So a lot of things I'm reading is, you know, a lot of people are thinking like, this is chivalry. Like, I wish a man defended me like that. But then I think most people are, this is, this is like assault. This is like violence. You can't do this. So, you know, I, I, I think it touched a nerve. Um, I don't think he should be canceled. I, I, I would be interested to see his mea culpa, like what he's going to say. In, and in, you're talking about in, Will Smith, right? You're talking yeah. about Will Smith. But I got to say, honestly, like Chris Rock, Chris Rock really like, you know what? The one uh, Jada has a, a condition. You don't do that. And by, and by the way, if he knew that, but apparently there are reports that he didn't have any idea that she had a condition. So right. if he didn't, if he didn't know, as I think a lot of people didn't know, then it was just sort of one of his other jokes, you know. And yeah. so given if, if that is indeed the case, then what should happen to Will Smith? Because regardless, there are kids watching the Oscars. There's a lot of yeah. people watching the Oscars. It doesn't set a good a role model, if you will, a good message um, to young people. Hey, if you're not happy, just go up and clock the person. Um, what should happen to him? Because there is an investigation. Should he return the Oscar? Should he have a sanction? What do you think should happen? Should it be barred from ever going to the Academy Awards or should it be all's forgotten? No, you know, I, I think um, the apology should be a little more um, genuine i think he, he should have a few more days to reflect and realize what he did i do not think he should lose his oscar because his oscar was about his performance and that had nothing to do with this i do think you know maybe next year he doesn't get to present the next award i think maybe a sanction um you know i i was at cbs when the whole janet jackson justin timberlake uh thing happened where you know a breast was shown and that that's was right. The Super Bowl, of, the big Super Bowl that's thing. The Super Bowl. And I remember us dealing with the press on that. And by the way, I was a peon at this moment. Like there were many people above me. But I remember it was just kind of the same thing. It's like, how do you deal with this? Um, and obviously there was not violence in the Super Bowl, but it was a shocking moment that was unexpected. And how do you what, what's the aftermath? With Will, I think, A, I, I think is kind of intent. I think he probably acted the hubris, and he, was, he thought he was defending his wife's honor. Um, but time and place, right? Like, you know, if you want to do that, you do that after the show. You don't do it in front of a billion people when this is other people's night. Yeah, you come um, over, you go over to him afterwards and say, hey, exactly. I didn't like the joke. I didn't appreciate it. But exactly. you don't clock him in front of a billion people. Exactly. Um, but, you know, I, I think if you look at his heart, he was trying to defend his wife. And he just did it at a different time. And he reacted in violence, um, which is not acceptable. Um, I do not think, I, I, yes, they have, to, they have to take measures. I wouldn't take his Oscar away. I would say, you know what, you're not invited next year. And honestly, I think he's going to, I think he's going to, you know, in a few days realize how bad this was. And he's going to 
do something himself. You know, I think he's, he, I think he, it's dawning on him now that, wow, this was not a good move. Um, and I think he's going to do the right thing. Yeah, let's hope so. Cause I think that that is an important message for everybody right. out there that no matter how frustrated you are, and even if the joke, you know, many people think was over the line and some people think, hey, it's par for the course. Again, mm-hmm. you go over to the person afterwards and handle it. That's yeah. not the message you want to send to young kids. Um, and especially some of that mean, they idolize. He reacted in the heat of the moment. And by the way, we all have not like that. But you know when like someone sends you an email and you just send an email back and you're so angry. And, hey, and, Jeremy, you know, I you- promise you if I'm not if I'm ever mad at you, I'm never going to clock you. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you know we all react emotionally, and most people don't do violence. You know, don't react in violence. Um, and I think that was. I think he reacted emotionally. Unfortunately, it was a little more amplified. Um, but I'm not excusing it, right? Um, I do. I definitely think that there has to be consequences. Like you cannot do this. I mean, children are watching. Um, you know, and it has to be, and it has to be a fair standard too, so people don't yeah. think, okay, there's a double standard. There has to be something. It'll be interesting to see what they come up with. Well, celebrity publicist Jeremy Murphy, thank you so much. It's Absolutely. awesome having you here. You got to come back on again soon. Anytime. And when we come back, everybody, we're going to take your calls. You heard Jeremy's take. What do you think? Should Will Smith be arrested? Should his Oscar be taken away? 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. And you're listening to The Rita Cosby Show. It's The Rita Cosby Show. And we are playing. We're going to keep it up in the background. Because this is what he was dancing to after he clocked Chris Rock at the Oscars party. And by the way, true story, I was dancing with Will Smith to this song. I believe it was this song because he had already come out with the song at the Hitch premiere at Ellis Island. And I met Will Smith. I had a chance to talk to him during the night. I got a great picture with me and Will Smith. And he was actually a really great guy, lovable, friendly, fun. The life of the party seemed like the nicest guy. That's the reputation he has in Hollywood. But boy, was he a hothead. And I thought it was terrible what he did last night. I thought it was a terrible representation. And all I could think about are young kids around the world. Who put up a little? Here's what he was dancing to at the Oscar party and you see the images you see the video this was last night after he clocked he wasn't home crying wasn't home apologizing to Chris Rock he was dancing and people were cheering him on so what the heck is wrong with Hollywood that they're cheering him on and he's out celebrating after he clocked somebody on worldwide television at one of the biggest broadcasts of the world and this is again all I kept thinking about are young kids look up to him Young kids go, gosh, that guy is an amazing actor. He's a nice person. He's a role model. And what does a kid think when they see him go up and clock Chris Rock? Well, in the last few hours, again, he has apologized um, and said, I'm sorry. I apologize to you, Chris Rock, because he didn't apologize to him, Will Smith, that night, last night. 
Um, but this is what his son said, by the way. His son, Will Smith's son, reacted to the Chris Rock slap after it happened. And he was out there saying on Twitter, and that's how we do it. Like, in other words, bravo, dad. So that's not a good thing either. And Ayanna Presley, one of the members of the squad, was out there basically defending him and saying, you know, Alopecia Nation, stand up. Thank you, Will Smith. Shout out to all the husbands who defend their wives. I'm all for defending. Believe me, I don't like people like mocking people and all those other things. But he's at an Oscar. Everybody's making jokes. Everybody was doing all these things. And I don't think it justifies him. I thought it was horrible. And I think there should be, I agree with Jeremy Murphy, who was just on, I think there should be some sanction or something to send a message that this should not be tolerated. Let's go to Jay on line three. Jay, what do you think should happen to Will Smith as a result of this? Uh, that point I wasn't really call on, but I think that I, in my, my opinion, I would just leave it up to uh, Chris Rock if he wanted to press charges or not. That's and, just my simple and opinion. And by on. the way, Chris has already come out and said that he doesn't want to press charges. He didn't think it's appropriate. By the way, it's not him to decide. In, in California, it's California. It's the people of California versus Will Smith. So federal, so the authorities there, the sheriff could basically create the, you know, arrest him. And the DA could decide, although Gascon, Gascon, uh, I don't think would, Gascon's not going to keep murderers behind bars. You think he's going to keep Chris Rock? Uh, I mean, uh, Will Smith behind bars? I mean, are you kidding me? Gascon's going to be like, you know, oh, no problem whatsoever. Oh, my gosh. Let's go to Eric on line six. Eric, your thoughts real quick, Eric. Hey, Rita. It's always good to talk to you. Um, you know, if you, don't, if you don't have to lose your Oscar for going up on stage and slapping the Oscar host, I mean, what is it going to take? You know, I mean, that was a team move, expletive, deleted. And, you know, we'll still think he's slapped. That's because I laughed at your joke in front of my wife. You know, because he looks over her. He, he laughs, and he looks over her. He knew what, what her face was going to look like. And then he goes up and... and and, you know, slaps him in the face. And he didn't apologize. He had the presence of mind to know he had to apologize last night. And, and, we and he was laughing. And he was laughing huh? when he kind of got off the stage, too. And that's why, you know, Eric, yeah. I feel the same way. I don't like this sort of double standard, you know, for, you know, celebrities. Imagine if it was somebody in the audience who got up and clocked Chris Rock and didn't like the joke for some reason. Um, that person would be charged with assault. You know they would. If it was some stranger who just happened to get up and clock them, can you imagine that person would be arrested? They'd bear their picture would be all over the place. Let's go to LQ real quick from the Bronx. LQ, how you doing? What do you think real quick, LQ? Um, that he really uh, should is a bad role model. You Like I said, um, black on black crime. He should go um, start an organization, spearhead it, and push um, Martha Luther King's a nonviolent, you know, pro, uh, movement and really work hard and really get people like... Uh, and, and you know what brand. he should do to LQ? And LQ, I always love hearing from you. He should also, I like your idea, he should also say, I am sorry and donate funds to some charity. Do something right. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences 
prices in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.